Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman who hides the secret of her blood, and an emerging force threatening a tentative peace between humans and the Fae. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book Two, Allegiance. read about great battles. He had often laid awake at night, wondering what he'd do in exactly this kind of scenario. He'd blast his enemies with his thoroughly under-control magic. He'd rescue his friends in distress. He was, would be, the hero. Now, in the clearing, his flare spell flew wildly out of his grasp, replicating in the sky without his consent. The magic had escaped Connor like a horde of butterflies trapped in a jar, bursting into the night and inciting chaos for friend and foe alike. He hadn't meant for his magic to come out this way. When had he meant for his magic to do anything he wanted? The more he panicked, the more he apologized. This wasn't how he imagined his first real encounter with bandits. Connor felt Riona pull the magic gracefully and effortlessly from the ground like a cool, icy breath. It wrapped around her body, cold and threatening, until she released it. The blast rippled through the clearing, sending everyone flying. Connor was knocked backward onto the grass. Beside him, Oliver groaned as he too landed on his side. Their eyes met briefly. In them, Connor noted Olivan's fear of Riona's power. All five bandits were blown backward into a heap, some close to the tree line. They were the lucky ones. The scarred band hit his head on a rock by the river bank and didn't get back up. The banks beside the river were steep and slick with mud. The bandits would know as they had been hiding in wait for susceptible prey for some time. Like everyone else, the bandit leader had been momentarily stunned by Riona's icy attack, but recovered quick enough to launch herself at the half-fay. Riona called light to her palms and shoved it in the bandit leader's face. Surprised, the leader fell backwards down the bank into the rushing river, where the rough waters carried her quickly and mercilessly downstream. Connor watched her go, floundering, and he climbed to his feet to offer his hand when a rough pair of palms grabbed him by the neck from behind and threw him down on the grass. The armored bandit lorded over him. She was twice his size. As she raised her crusted short sword, there was a long moment where Connor didn't want to move. He watched the blade descend towards his chest, slowly, forever. And then the moment passed. Connor rolled to avoid her blow and grabbed the bandit by the ankle. He would find out the truth. That was his real power, one he could control. What do you want with a girl? 
Would you really sell us to the mine? Connor showed it. What? Ugh! She retorted, kicking him off her. He'd got nothing but confusion. Of course they'd sell him and Riona and Olivan off. They were travelers no one would miss. Just thinking about the bandit's contempt and confusion spun Connor out of control. More blinking lights shot from his fingers into the armored bandit's face. She staggered backward and screamed. The magical lights covered her fair face and maneuvered with her. Connor skittered away. As he was about to apologize and muster his concentration towards removing the magic from the clearing, Olivan tackled the bandit from seemingly nowhere and brought her to the ground. He held his sword aloft. He knew how to use a sword, mostly. He'd had lessons from his father since an early age, though the weapon was not weighted for him, and his bandit opponent had years of experience over the young, arrogant lad. Olivan could have easily allowed the bandits to take Riona back to their camp. Yet he wanted her as some sick prize, proof of his loyalty to the Imperial Guard and his father. Connor looked away as Olivan brought the sword down on the armored bandit. This was too much. The lights blasted, swirled around him, and nothing Connor could do or think to do would make them stop. He blinked, and stared at his twitching hands and got an eyeful of yellow light. He shouldn't have been there. His legs gave out beneath him as the urge to curl up and wait for the fight to be over intensified, but he couldn't give in now because amidst the smell of his magic he could also smell smoke. His mind wasn't truly in the fight. He was back in Ashdown, watching his home burn, with his parents inside. He vomited on the grass mostly water. He'd barely eaten. He rolled over and tried to stand, bracing himself for another pair of hands to close in around his neck. But there seemed to be less people scurrying around. One bandit caught his eye, the one with the eye patch. Something about the way the bandit with the eye patch had regarded Riona, touched her, made Connor uneasy. The bandit waited at the tree line, and as soon as their eyes met, the bandit fled deep into the woods. Connor raised his hands once more, and the red, swirling lights faded. All around the clearing, the tiny balls of light descended into the river, onto the grass, and the treetops like slow, heavy rain that dissipated upon contact. With each drop, Connor returned to himself and he took in the destruction of the clearing with fresh senses. Three of the bandits lay dead, or unconscious, around them. The armored bandit that had been determined to finish off Connor, the scarred man, and the bald skinny man. Riona stood over the fallen, bald bandit, watching the last of Connor's magic fall slowly in the night, illuminating her lavender skin and her dark cloak. His throat felt tight as an excuse bubbled to the surface as their eyes met. He hadn't meant to make a mess of things. He hadn't wanted for her to use her magic so blatantly. The Fae militia would know. They would sense her. But there was no judgment in her gaze. She reached out a hand as one of the red embers grazed her cheek and faded into her skin. Behind Connor, Olivan stormed forward, taking in the bodies 
and Riona just standing there, her very presence an insult to him. You! You! He searched the area for other bandits, and then settled on the ones that lay before them. Are they dead? Connor didn't want to know if the bandits were dead. He hoped they weren't. But if they were, he wouldn't shed a tear. Didn't I tell you not to provoke her? Connor muttered, wiping his mouth of vomit. Riona's lips twitched slightly, but she hid her face as she began rifling through the fallen bandits' belongings. Pouches attached to belts, various pockets, and hidden folds in the cloaks. Frowning, she also removed a few loose gold coins from the bald man's belt. They would have done worse to us. We should take what we can carry or hide easily, she said simply, under his judgmental stare. Connor didn't know what that meant, but he did have a vivid imagination. I, I guess we'll need supplies if we're going to make it to the capital. He hadn't really thought about that either until now, standing among the unconscious bodies of the bandits. Olivin backed away to the edge of the clearing, staring at the rushing river. He made no move to stop Connor and Riona as they quickly searched the bandits for valuables and hidden weapons. Connor knelt in the grass, attempting to busy his hands. Perhaps one of the bandits had dropped one of their gold pieces or had let slip paper airjid. Anything to avoid Olivan's quandary and his own. Connor found and pocketed a slim roll of paper airjid and a dull paring knife in the armored bandit's belt. Her breath was shallow. Olivan had hit her in the head with the blunt side of his sword. Riona carefully removed several gold coins from the bald man's person, her head tilting and a gasp escaping her with every errant sound off in the distance. How thorough should we be? They might wake up soon, Connor said nervously. The bald man and the scarred man both appeared to be sleeping. Riona's magic was strong, and they might be out for hours, but Connor didn't want to stick around to test that theory. She glanced at him as she coaxed a gold chain from around the bald man's neck, hidden beneath his tunic. I'm waiting for Olivan to make his decision. Olivan's head turned quickly at his name. He'd been watching the river, leaning against a tree, lost in thought. He scrunched up his face in disgust. What decision? You think that just because you blasted a bunch of bandits that I'm going to submit to you? Join you? No, Riona replied, just as Connor said. So what will you do? Twirling his sword in the ground, peeling his fingers from the hilt and then clasping it again violently, Olivan expostulated. I don't know. I can't take off with you. I'm part of the Imperial Guard now. I've been waiting for that my whole life. With that, Connor resonated deeply, or at least part of him did, the part that had dreamed for countless nights of being an official magic wielder, defending the world against perceived threats and protecting the helpless from those who would exploit them, because that was what was right and good. Now that the dark forest gripped him with its cold vastness and their encounters with very real and unperceived threats fresh in his mind, his deepest desire seemed distant, untouchable, unreal. He would never see his parents again. 
He didn't deserve to go on and achieve what he wanted. But Riona's reaction was not deference or thoughtfulness or empathy. She curled her lips and spat on the ground. Your biggest dream is to join an oppressive group who enforce laws without questioning them. Connor raised his eyebrows. Re, uh, I mean, Iris. Oliven frowned at Connor's slip up. Riona shrugged. We've run from the Imperials, just as we've run from the Fey Militia and the Scavs. Everyone has an agenda, and when that becomes clear, it means my life is at risk. Her blasé tone suggested she had explained this repeatedly on multiple occasions. Was she being paranoid? With everything that had happened to him in the last day or so, Connor didn't know what to believe. Yeah, because you throw your magic around like you own the world and hurt innocent humans, Oliver said. You're a filthy... Riona stood her full height and adjusted her cloak, placing a tiny, jingling pouch of coins in a hidden pocket. Say it. Oliver faltered, casting her long, tangled hair over her chest and arranging it delicately to suit her. Riona squared him with a determined look and said nothing. Connor smelt no magic. She had done nothing to impede his speech that he could determine. And yet, with a twitch of her lip, she acted as if she had won. This unsettled Connor, for she hadn't raised a finger against him in this moment, and yet Oliver seemed to shrivel under her because something in what he had said had been wrong. Yet she didn't say why, and nor did he scramble to correct himself. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Guess you should go back to Ashdown, Olivin, Connor said, wanting this conversation to be over. I'm not going back without the Fay, Olivin said, more of a pout than a declaration. He crossed his arms solemnly and held his ground. This Fay is not going to Ashdown. She's going to the capital, Riona said. She threw a questioning glance at Connor. You're still up for going? because that might not be the last time we have to fight. She must have sensed his hesitation. Sheepishly, Connor nodded. The fight was hard, and somehow he'd muddled through, but it would be far worse to face his home. Only the tower held answers he sought. It was the only real place he could focus and hone his pathetic talents, so that someday he would be strong enough to face Ricklar di Darianel and any other threat in battle. I don't believe you, Olivin cried, circling Connor now. She says go, and you say yes. I have my own reasons for going. 
I won't give up on getting into the tower. Not now, Connor said, finding his feet to face his friend. You'd feel the same in my position. Olivan scoffed. With a manipulative fay planting thoughts in my head? If I were doing that, I would have sent you away a long time ago, Riona said, bored. Olivan glanced over his shoulder, looking back at the steep hill and the forest between them and their home, uncertain. Connor continued, What are you going to do when you go back? Turn her into your father? Do you know what he'll do to her? Why he really wants her? Connor wasn't certain how much Galen Stovall knew about Riona, but what he gleaned so far from Olivan was unsettling enough. She's dangerous, Olivan said lowly, casting her a suspicious glance. Yeah, well, I might be more dangerous than she is. She knows what she's doing when it comes to magic. I don't. That's why I have to get to the tower. To master his magic, to become strong enough, to take his revenge on those who had done him wrong. That's why I'm with her. She can help me get to the bottom of my... He couldn't say it. She can help me. That's why I'm going. You can come, or you can run back to your father. But if you stop us, you're going to do more harm than good. And I wish you would get that in your head. Out of breath, and only realizing it after he'd finished, Connor ran a hand through his hair. It was still warm from his magic. His whole face felt warm and uncomfortable. Over the last several hours, Connor had stood up to Olivan more than he had in their whole lives. Olivan looked torn. They'll look for me. Send more people if I don't go back. Fine. Go back to Ashdown, Rihanna said finally with a touch of bitterness. Or come with us to the capital. But if you travel with me, know this. If you are awake, so will I be. And when you sleep, I will watch you. And if you raise a weapon against me, I will not hesitate to bring up the sleeping mother's power against you. And this time, I won't let Connor stop me. I think that's a little over the top, Connor said, his words meek. She heard him, of course. It's not. And if you were me, you wouldn't have untied him. I wasn't going to let him be robbed by bandits. Hmm, <laughs> was all she said in contempt. We should move quickly and without light as much as possible. They'll be watching for us now, too. Dread grew within Connor and spread over Olivan's face as well. Connor grabbed a fistful of grass and threw it absently into the rushing river. This was just what they needed. Another group of people coming after them and him without training. Riona could defend herself. He was dead weight for her. Useless as the blades of grass fighting against the current, smashing against jagged rocks as it tore downstream. I, I guess I can borrow a horse in Drahoven and get back to Ashdown. My father is a friend there, Olivan said, less to Connor and Riona and more to the rushing river. Connor turned towards his friend, unable to believe what he was hearing. You want to come with us? Shrugging, Olivan searched the remaining unconscious bodies of the bandits, trying to find an appropriate sheath. An affirmative, then. Riona appeared to have finished her pilfering and waited for the two of them at the edge of the clearing, eager to head upstream. She regarded Olivan sharply, her long fingers clasped in front of her. 
Connor moved towards her, catching the remnant smell of roses in the air as the night blew it away. Are you going to be all right if he comes? He whispered to her. No, but I'll feel better if we both watch him, she replied shortly. Her bright violet eyes found him in the darkness, but only for the briefest of moments before she strolled through the thick bushes out of the clearing and through the thinning trees. The river continued upstream for some time and continued past Drohoven. Riona led the way several paces ahead of Connor and Olivan. She muttered to herself as she nearly tripped more than once. Each time she faltered, her form stooped as she caught herself, and Connor's heart leapt with concern. Although the three of them were buzzing since their encounter, they needed to rest soon. He couldn't imagine how exhausted she felt. Olivan blew out a sigh and called up ahead to Riona. If we continue walking, we'll be in Drohoven in a couple of hours. More like five hours, Riona replied. That's what I mean, Olivan muttered. Connor felt Olivan's side eye. I'm not tired. I can keep going. Connor couldn't, but he wouldn't say so to either of them. Even if he laid down now, he wouldn't sleep. He wasn't sure he ever would. Anxious to keep his mind off his parents and the forces lying in wait, Connor laid a hand on his friend's shoulder and lowered his voice. Will you turn her in when we reach Drohoven? Olivan shot him a concerned look. Why do you ask? His concern was genuine. That was all he sensed. Connor relaxed his hand and let it fall naturally at his side. It would be easier if you didn't. Why come at all? You can make it back to Ashdown in a couple of hours, maybe less. Shaking his head, he pointed a menacing finger at Riona up ahead. There's no way I'm leaving her alone now. You saw what she did. I don't know if she made you create that light display, but I see why you want her with you in the capital. She probably knows how to get into the tower, regardless of exams. She can help you get what you want. His voice dropped slightly. If those bandits couldn't take her, neither could the two of us alone. But I have an idea. Don't worry, I got this now. He likely didn't know she could hear them conspiring. Up ahead, Connor noted Riona's tilted head, and he imagined her smiling. This only dredged up more confusion and pain within him. Olivan, don't try anything. I don't want anyone else to get hurt. Don't worry. Olivan replied breezily. That's why I'm here. I have your back, even if I don't know for certain if you have mine. episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. 
If you want to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com. <laughs>